and but I still didn't understand my purpose. I didn't understand my my gifting until about a year and a half later he calls me. We used to always talk on a Friday. He calls me on a Wednesday and he says this. He says, "Hey Dave, guess where I'm at?" I said, "South Georgia where you should be." And he says, "No, I'm in Colorado with my family for our first vacation in 10 years." Whoa. And he starts crying and he says these words and and when he says these words, this is when I've realized my gifting. He said, thank you for giving me the freedom to spend time with my family and my friends. Wow. And that's when I realized that's my gifting. I help people that are stuck in hard times, whether it's relationships or whether it's in business. As you know, I'm also a business coach. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also, I'm probably more of a life coach to my business coaching clients than I am a business coaching to them. Um, and so my gifting is to help people become aware of who they are and who their people are and, mm-hmm. and realize how to communicate differently so that they can have freedom in their business to spend more time with their family and friends. And that at that moment, I got you know goosebumps on it because I realized... That's it. That's my gifting. I get to help people spend more time with their family and friends by giving them freedom in their business. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons, yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. I'm excited and delighted to present today's guest today. He's a brother, he's a friend, he's a businessman. Let me get into his, his bio, and then I'm going to give you my personal bio for my brother here. So Dave Kaufman is a top 100 keynote speaker, author, trainer, business coach, human behavior expert, and master trainer on the DISC model of human behavior. You know we're going to dive into that. He's also a pilot and plane owner, and that's one of his biggest dreams. Uh, Entrepreneur, business owner, plant lover, follower of Jesus, and husband to a beautiful lady named Tony. Uh, He's perfectly, he he considers himself a perfectly normal human being that has plenty of quirks. (laughs) Uh, Just ask his wife. As a speaker on human behavior and human relationships, he enjoys entertaining, challenging, and enabling his audiences to bring meaningful change to their relationships. He's humbled to have helped thousands of people discover simple and effective ways to understand themselves and others better while rediscovering the light in relationships. So I am honored to present to y'all Dave Kaufman. He's a, a great friend here, a great brother that does a tremendous thing in the world by helping people with their relationships. But he's he's a super business owner. Um, I'm good. We're going to dive into so many things. He's whether he knows it or not, knows it or not, he's impacted my life 
tremendously as a business owner, as a leader, as a husband in many, many, many ways. And so um, y'all are blessed to hear him. And I, this is one of those episodes I already know without even getting into the content. You're going to need to rewind and listen. This man is full of wisdom, full of knowledge. Um, and it's an honor to have you on the show today, brother. Well, hey, man, it's great to be here. Not only do we share the same name, we have the same father. Yes, right. You know? That's right. And uh, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I love about you. You're not ashamed of the gospel. And, and you know I'm not either. I, I speak all over the country and around the world virtually. Um, and um, I, I always manage to slip his name in there somehow, even when I'm told not to. <laughs> respect brother respect yeah 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 man well thanks for being on the show i, I want to dive in to to some questions i have for you um first thing is take us through the journey for you right growing up in a in, in a mennonite family right and yeah. and you're a, 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 from a farm yeah. to now being this international relationship speaker take us through the journey a little bit of your story so I got to tell you, one time I was being introduced, it was a big stage, and they said, Dave Kaufman, outstanding in his field. And I said, thought to myself, yeah, that's right. That's exactly where they found me, outstanding in my field. <laughs> now, I, I, um, I grew up on a large farm in Georgia, and we were Mennonite, Amish Mennonite, um, basically, um, we were Amish, but we had cars and air conditioner and stuff like that. But uh, we dressed Amish. I could show you a picture of, of me when I was a kid. But um, so that was, you know, I, I, I love the fact that I grew up the way I did because it gave me a lot of advantages that if I'd have grown up in a normal American setting, I probably wouldn't have the work ethic that I do. Um, and I, I definitely would not be who I am today without that. Now, there was also some probably some some uh, cons, pros and cons to it. Um, a lot of people are surprised with my level of success to find out that I only have an eighth grade education um, and a GED. But I, the next day after, after I graduated the eighth grade, that's how far the, the school went that I grew up in. I went out and got my GED and passed with flying colors. And I have to say this, our eighth grade was equivalent to the, the, the nation's 12th grade. So in the state of Georgia, where I grew up, our school tested higher at eighth grade than the average 12th grade. So we had a really good education. I was doing algebra in like the sixth grade. Whoa. Yeah, I forgot most of it, but <laughs> yeah. so so that's that's how I grew up. I grew up in a in a very uh, some would say sheltered, but at the same time, my dad made sure that he pushed us. He pushed us to think outside of the box. And and one thing that he'd always tell me he says, Dave, crazy ideas breed great ideas. Never poo poo somebody's crazy idea because it could literally be the spark that lights the next big fire mm. and so you know that's the kind of background that i came from um but I, I i nothing against farming i i just knew i didn't want to be a farmer the rest of my life and in fact the older i get the more appealing farming looks actually because it was like it, it's going back to my roots so if you right outside my door here you'd, you'd enter a garden that i have and there's 
flowers and I love planting. I love seeing a seed bring forth its fruit. And in fact, that's one of my, uh, the green book. I don't know if you can see it back there, but it's one of my books. It's called Seeds, 31 Entrepreneurial Lessons I Learned from the Farm. So the farming background has been tremendous in shaping who I am and the way I think about nurturing clients, the way I, I take care of my people, the way that I plant the seeds, intentional seeds. So you don't just go out in a farm and just you know, pick up any bag of seed that you see and spread it out. You're intentional because you know what you want. And my dad really helped me to understand what do I want. And so that's that's the background that I started from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. So then, how did you make that transition, Dave, into uh, the 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 journey of entrepreneur? Right, starting from from the farm. Like, how did you know, and how did you get started into entrepreneurship? Yeah. So it's almost impossible to be a farmer and not to be entrepreneurial. Okay. Uh, farmers are probably one of the most entrepreneurial people out there. They just they don't get the notice that they do because they they their their production is limited if that makes sense. But you have to think entrepreneurially to be in a farmer. Um and so um my dad was a was a serial entrepreneur like he <laughs> just a really quick story. He had uh, a stomach issue early on in his life and he was drinking Metamucil. Uh, you can get it at Walmart, wherever. And he realized one, one time he forgot to rinse out his cup and um, the next morning that same cup would had, had like a film on, inside the cup and he tried to wash it out. He put water into it and it gelled up like a gel, but it could, he couldn't even scrape it off with a knife. He had to end up throwing the cup away. So my dad thought, entrepreneurially if i spray that stuff on a round bale of hay okay mm -hmm. um it, it would shed water and so we literally started a company we 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 started a company called hydrotech and we distributed this stuff all around the country to help farmers save their hay during the winter because they stored it, it was so so entrepreneurs i got it honestly i was in the environment Plus, my dad was very entrepreneurial. He went down to Florida, South Florida, and saw how they grow strawberries. And he, he went back and told his county agent, he says, I want to grow strawberries like they do down in Florida. He said, no, we're too far north. And my dad said, watch me. And later, my dad became the president of the Georgia Strawberry Growers Association. Amazing. And uh, he went up to North Georgia and saw how they grow rainbow trout in on farms. And he goes to the same county agent and he says, uh, I want to grow rainbow trout in South Georgia. And he said, no, we're too far south. My dad said, watch me. And we grew rainbow trout. So my dad was very entrepreneurial. And so that's that's the beginning of, of my entrepreneurial. But how I literally made the switch from farming to uh, to where I am today. My, um, my brother started a business in North Alabama, and so I moved up there to be with them. Was, I was single, moved up there. I um, became their delivery guy because I was the low guy on the totem pole. I was their younger brother, and so put him to work. And um, it sounds like the real story of David. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> David and Goliath. So, you know, and I loved, I loved delivery because it scratched several bones in my body so it, it literally I was able to get 
big things done, you know, moving a storage building and having escorts and, and setting it up and, and then also meeting with the people. And that's where I started realizing, you know what? People. I love people. Okay. And so one day it was raining and so I couldn't deliver. And there was a guy that pulled up into uh, the, the lot. We, we would manufacture these sheds and he pulled up and I told my brother Gary, who was the salesperson, I said, hey, let me go out there. I want to sell them a shed. And in 10 minutes time, I had them back in the office filling out the paperwork to buy a shed. And I realized I love selling to people. Okay. Mm. And so that started my sales career. And that's, that's literally what kind of put me on the map is, 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 is learning how to sell different products. And I've sold anything from storage sheds, gazebos, motorcycles for Kawasaki. I've sold high end furniture, uh, for Hank's fine furniture out in Arkansas. And today I sell my own products, obviously, but I learned how to sell to people and I realized in selling that there's some people that you can play with and some people you can't play with. And ironically, I didn't know anything about disc at that time, but I had figured out half of the equation. People you can play with are what we call the outgoing people. People you can not play with are what we call the reserved people. So uh, for instance, I was, I was, it was my up at the furniture store and um, I had noticed that there's certain people that come in, well, all people come in and they say this, we're just looking, right? Yeah. But some people will maintain eye contact with you and keep walking towards you, while other people will say, oh, we're just looking, and they'll look away and maybe walk a little bit to the right or to the left. They're, and I realized you can't play with them. People that would continue watching me and walking towards me and say, oh, we're just looking, I would clap my hands and say, great, what are you looking for? Mm. That was my version of playing with them. Yeah. And so um, there's there's so many stories I can tell. I'm trying to decide oh, which ones not to say and which ones to say. But um, I, I learned um, I learned disc is, um, is really important to sales. And that's kind of what brought me to where I am today is, is the farming, entrepreneurs selling and now creating courses for other people beautiful beautiful dave and we're going to dig into a lot of those things in, in, in disc in a second um so when you think we take back you look back to your childhood did you you know a lot of people don't don't know exactly what their gift is but yeah. but do you did you know as a child what your gift was or do you remember that moment when you discovered you know, or maybe series of moments when you figured, hey, I'm really good at this. And yeah. maybe it was the piece that you were just talking about earlier, but I'm curious, what, what do you think your gift is and what was that when you found it? So at age 13, I've, I, felt, I felt a calling on my life. And so I went to my dad and I said, dad, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to do something with my life that doesn't involve farming. And he says, what do you think it is? And I said, I, I don't know. I have no idea. But I know that I'm supposed to do something bigger than what Mennonites typically do. Okay. Uh, not saying that they don't do big things, but they typically are uh, pretty traditional in their occupations. Service companies, manufacturing and farming, something like that. And so my dad says, well, what, 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 how do you feel? And I said, this is, I, I couldn't even say the words. I said, 
there's a group of people going this way, and I feel like I'm supposed to help him go that way. Hmm. At age 13. Mm-hmm. And, and my dad right away said, are you going to be a preacher? And I said, I hope not. <laughs> I didn't want to be a preacher. <laughs> uh, that's, not, that's not what I had in mind. Yeah. Um, and so, so he said, well, just keep walking towards that feeling. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it, it was a powerful moment. Keep walking towards that feeling. And, um, and so, you know, in sales, I still felt that that feeling was still out there for me to discover. Like I didn't understand what it was. Um, and, 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 but I felt fulfilled in sales, but, but I still felt there was something out there. And when I, when I, you know, started coaching and, and helping people with relationships, it literally was not out there. It was around me. And I'll tell you the exact moment that I realized my my calling. I was working with a client, and he calls me. I, I got to tell the whole story for it to make sense. He calls me at the beginning of the contract, and he says, "Hey, I hear you work with um, companies with employees and helping them reengage and and leadership and all this." And I said, "Yes." He says, "Well, I have three employees," and then he said, "This I hate them and they hate me." Mm. Okay. And I I understood what he was saying. He was basically saying, it's a mess in my company. And he says, I've been in business for 10 years. He was a master trim carpenter. And he he said, I've never broken past the $150,000 a year in sales. Never. And he had six kids Mm. and a wife. Mm. And he was supporting three people. And so I realized this guy wasn't eating sushi. (laughs) He was eating eating ramen noodles. (laughs) Okay. And so he said, will you help me? And I said, if you're willing to do what I, what I ask you to do, and you're willing to go through some really hard things, because I said, number one, leaders don't hate their people. And so I, I started working with him on disc and helping to understand the personalities of people. And so fast forwarding the story, he, he calls me about a year and a half later, and we were working with him, and he just saw tremendous growth. And that that $150 ceiling within a year's time became a million-dollar ceiling. Wow. Those three employees became his three foremen. He had 17 people working for him within a year and a half. <clears throat> and But I still didn't understand my purpose. I didn't understand my, my gifting until about a year and a half later, he calls me. We used to always talk on a Friday. He calls me on a Wednesday, and he says this. He says, hey, Dave, guess where I'm at? I said, South Georgia, where you should be? And he says, no, I'm in Colorado with my family for our first vacation in 10 years. Whoa. And he starts crying, and he says these words. And and when he says these words, this is when I've realized my gifting. He said... Thank you for giving me the freedom to spend time with my family and my friends. Wow. And that's when I realized that's my gifting. I help people that are stuck in, in, in hard times, whether it's relationships or whether it's in business. As you know, I'm also a business coach. Uh, but I'm also, I'm probably more of a life coach to my business coaching clients than I am a business coaching to them. Um, and so my gifting is to help 
people become aware of who they are and who their people are and, and realize how to communicate differently so that they can have freedom in their business to spend more time with their family and friends. And that at that moment, I got, I got you know goosebumps on it because I realized that's it. That's my gifting. I get to help people spend more time with their family and friends by giving them freedom in their business. And I think you're holding a book. Yes, I sure am. What is the first word of that book? Freedom. Freedom. So I started writing that book because of this story, because freedom is huge to me. So my gifting, in a nutshell, is freedom. I give freedom to business owners by my work that I do. Amazing, brother. Amazing. Wow. What, what, a, what an epiphany and what a moment. And, and, and there's so many things I want to ask around that, right? But So the first thing I would love to ask around that is, um, like, you've been selling, right? So you, you've, you've been leveraging the power of you're, – you're just – anybody that's met you or been around you, you're just like a ball of energy, great with people. And so there's this innate ability to be great with people, but now you're connecting this power to sell and you're great with people. It's like combining all together to now to help people gain freedom so they can spend time with their families and their loved ones. But how did you, how did you now get into this environment, right? Because you're helping this gentleman, um, but there's a, I feel like there's a gap here because yeah. it took some process, 13, Right, when you say I'm moving people from here to here, right, and that's I think that's the way God works. He doesn't give you the He doesn't say, Dave, do this. <laughs> you know, you know? Yeah. he gives yeah. you glimpses, and you started to connect the pieces together. But can you take me through that connecting piece from 13 year old Dave talking with Dad? Dad says, "Keep moving forward that to that feeling to this moment." Yeah. Yeah, so in 2008, um, you remember what was happening in 2008? Everything was crashing. Um, I had been an employee up to 2008 selling high-end ticket items for other people. And um, 2008 started happening, and, and my employer at the moment said, hey, we're going to have to um, you know, not pay life insurance. They started taking things away from me. And uh, so um, I immediately started looking for another job because I could see that this was headed south pretty quickly. And um, so I, I got another job selling landscape um, services to, you know, anywhere from Sarasota to Tampa, you know, large company. And, um, and so, and that's the industry that I was in prior to that. It was a landscape mm -hmm. supply company. Yeah. So I, I took the job, and within, I think, uh, three weeks, they came into my office and said, Dave, we, we can't make this work. We're paying you too much. We're letting you go, effective immediately. Okay? So I had a little company started called Gotta Made. It's a, it's a high-end residential cleaning company, and it was, it was just me. I was single, not married, and I started this cleaning company. And um, and had three employees, I think. I would deal with it after hours. I'd sell during the day and work on it, on the business on the side. And so, and my wife was working for another company at that point. I was married at the point that 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 I'm telling you now. 
So we, I lost the job, and um, and three weeks after I lost my job, my wife lost her job. So here we were with no job and a little company called Gotamade that had probably 20 clients, not enough to maintain our lifestyle. And so um, I immediately went to look for another job, found a job, and shook hands on it, got into my car to leave from that interview, and I heard God say, don't take this job. Mm. And I said, are you crazy? Mm. Like, <laughs> I have this opportunity. It fell into my lap. It was more money than I was making with the other job. And uh, I just, all weekend, it was on a Friday that I had the interview. All weekend, I heard God tell me, don't take this job. And so I finally had to sit down with my wife and say, this is what I'm feeling from God. Don't take this job. And I held up the little card with God I made on it. And I said, this is it. This is all we have. Are you with me? And if I jump off the deep end and, and go into this company, are you going to stand with me? And she said, of course. And so we both are jobless, but we have this little business card. And so we, um, Monday morning, I called the guy and said, I, I just, I don't feel right in taking this company and, or this job. And so within three months of that point, we grew the company, the got a made company to where we were making more money than both of us combined with our other jobs. And we were just getting started. Wow. And wow. so that, that, act of faith that jumping it felt like we were jumping off the deep end without knowing how to swim without any life preservers because we're we're taking the security of a paycheck yes and we're jumping into the thing of entrepreneurs but you know a crazy idea breeds great idea it it was a crazy idea for a single guy when i started the maid service i hadn't met my wife yet and that's a crazy idea for a single, you know, especially coming from the background that I come from. You know, what were my buddies who were who were rough and rugged farmers going to think of Dave Kaufman starting a cleaning service? You know, he looks terrible in a maid suit. <laughs> okay, you know, that was all these thoughts going in my mind. Right. And so, crazy ideas breed great ideas. And so now I'm coming back to my dad saying, "Well, yeah, that is a crazy idea, but it could lead to something else." And it did, because with like I said, within three months we blew up. Within yeah. a year, we were doing over seven hundred and fifty thousand a year in sales, and it just it grew from there. We had thirty five employees, and we just continued to grow and bring on new accounts. And, and, and it's a high you know, margin business, right? Like it's a very a high profitable business. Yeah. The, the the challenge in that business is people. Uh, okay, all right, God. so. I, I hired a business coach to help me with the people issue because um, there's, only, there's only one other industry that's worse than the restaurant industry as far as employee turnover. Yeah, the maid business, the, the oh, janitorial yeah. business. Nationally, it's 200% turnover in six months' time. Sheesh. Yeah. And so I hired a coach and, and this coach is the one that introduced me to the idea of disc. Okay. Mm. And so then I started like, wow, this is, this is really cool because it, I can actually tailor my leadership to my employees and it just made a world of difference. And we, we started like the, the turnover started going way down. 
Like it was still high for any normal company, but for the cleaning industry, and I get it, David, nobody wants to be a cleaner the rest of their life. Right. Okay. Right. So I, we started embracing the fact that it's a high turnover and started actually telling our staff when they come in to interview, we know you're not going to be here. If you're here a year from now, we're going to be tickled pink, but our goal is to make you employable for your next job. Wow. And we started helping them set goals and really started engaging them in the company. And guess what? They didn't leave. A lot of them stayed with us because we were helping them reach their, their goals. And so that's why today I'm probably one of the top employee engagement coaches because I've been there and done that. I know how to do it. And DISC was a major part of that. So how did I go from being a top maid service owner. And by the way, we still own that company. Okay. I, I have nothing to do with it though. I just own it. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how did I go from there to business coaching, to speaking and, and traveling the world in my own plane? Yes. Um, so here's what happened. People started coming to me locally in Sarasota here. And they said, one guy said, uh, Dave, you've been in business for two and a half years and you have 35 employees. I've been in business for 35 years and have two and a half employees. Mm. Can you come help me do what you did in your company? And I said, no. I said, that's not <laughs> what I do. See, I, I was going to start companies. I started, got a taxi, got a maid. I was going to start, got a plumber. And I was going to build a whole plethora of service companies under the brand of Gata, whatever that service company was going to be. Because we had yeah. systems, we laid it out, we had, yeah. we had it already licensed, we were getting ready to market this thing and really put it out there. And people just kept coming to me, will you help me in my business? Will you help me in my business? Will you help me in my business? And I turned probably 15 people away hmm. until one day... I just didn't know what else to say. So I said, yeah, I'll help you kind of out of aggravation. Yeah. And it was a landscapes uh, company going kind of going back to my roots landscaping. Mm. And um, I said, I don't even know what to charge you because I don't feel right charging you what I'm paying my coach because I've never done this before. And so we made a deal. He, he re landscapes my place and I'll coach him for three months. Mm. And that's how the coaching got started. And we I helped him grow his business. He actually started coming to my church. He's we're friends today. And wow. so that was my first coaching client was a landscaper. And 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 dis and, and guess what? He became a disc certified teacher as well. Because he implements it into his business. And so that's the that's the connect. That's that's where you were missing it was yeah. the main service kind of launched me onto the platform amazing thank you for for connecting the dots for the audience and for myself that's really cool um a few things i just want to underscore there right because i i know being married myself that that takes a remarkable woman to to agree because a woman's dominant need is safety like security yeah and security you yeah. know, can you speak to us about that, what that meant to you in that moment when you said, all we've got is got it made and your wife's jumping on a board. I don't think that's that's not an easy decision, yeah. you know, when you're used to a, a, a regular 
direct deposit for both right. of you, and there's no direct deposit. Yeah. Yeah, when I think back to that place, like, it, it's a warm spot in my heart because my wife was so supportive, and she believes in me, and that's, uh, I know that not every man has a woman that believes and, and trusts in the dreams and aspirations of of, of their man, but if, if I'm speaking to any females here, if I am, please listen. The most powerful thing that you as a female can do for your man is to believe in his dreams. Mm. When, when a woman casts a doubt, a shadow of a doubt on a man's dreams, you, you might as well just I don't want to say it, but you know what I mean. Castrate him. <laughs> yeah. You know? You might as well. And and see, I don't think women understand that, David. Mm. I don't think women understand how powerful their support and their belief in their man is. Wow. And so if, if I'm speaking to any females right now, this is your takeaway. Believe in the dreams and aspiration of your man. Stand by your man. Mm. And so when I think about that moment with my wife, it was it's a very, very special moment because she she literally she thought she was thinking she was like, this could be the end. But then she came around and she said, you know what? I believe in you. I believe mm. that you can make this crazy idea called a maid service work. Mm. And she said, I want to help you. And so we both jumped in and we both went to work. And uh, within, like I said, within three months, we were making more money than what we were um, with our previous jobs. And yeah, we ate ramen noodles for a little bit. Yeah. But now we're eating sushi. There we go. <laughs> this next book, Ramen to Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, speaking of books, I also want to dive into something from your book, Freedom to Succeed. I have it bookmarked, year tagged, circled right Not here. Nice. This this statement changed my life, okay. right? And, we're, and we'll talk about discover, development because we've been talking about that a little bit. <clears throat> it says in your book on page eleven, most businesses are most business owners are in love with the wrong thing. Don't be yeah. in love with what your business does. Be in love with building a business that succeeds at what it does. Yeah. So yeah. I want to speak to my personal testimony from this book, this statement, helping my life, where I am a digital marketer, social media guy, all that good stuff. And that's my that's the identity I took on. And I still have that in a certain, certain sense. But I didn't translate. I didn't start to translate and think from, it wasn't till I want to say two, three, maybe I think it was around two, 2019 or so. I read the book and my shift happened that yeah. I am the CEO of a company that does these things, not the guy who does these things, yeah. though I can do these things. Yeah. And that was a yeah. big pivotal shift for me. So I, I want to thank you for that, brother. And then I want you, would love for you to expand on that because I think that's the concept of the whole book is essentially as well, too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So I, I wrote an article one time. I don't think it's in that book. Um, but I wrote a book, it called, it's called, or wrote an article, sell your truck and dig a ditch. 
Hmm. Okay, so that's the title. And so this one guy had this brilliant, I'm going to tell you the story that I wrote. This one guy had a brilliant idea of hauling water from point A to point B. So he goes out and he buys a truck. And he sits in the truck day after day, hauls water from point A to point B. Half the time he's empty. Half the time he's inefficient. But he got to the point to where, man, there's more of a demand. I need to hire somebody else. So he hires another, buys another truck and hires a person. Now he has two, but guess what? He's doubly efficient because half the time two trucks are empty. And the other half of the time, the guy that he hired turned out to not really be dependable and, you know, just calls in six a lot. A lot. And so uh, he started feeling the pain of running a business without having systems. Okay, so he was in love with hauling water. He loved what his business does. But one day he hired a business coach called Dave Kaufman and Dave Kaufman basically said, hey, listen, why don't you just do the hard work once and dig a ditch from point A to point B? That way water flows every single second of every single minute of every single hour of every single day. Water flows n effortlessly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's kind of the premise of that little takeaway that you just pointed out was how can you how can you build a business that does what your business does how can you dig a ditch how can you build a system instead yeah. of hauling water build a system that hauls water yeah. so don't be in love with what your business does be in love with building a process that does what your business does mm. And and that's I, in my years of coaching. That's what I found is holding people back is is they're in love with the wrong thing. They yeah. need to focus on building a business that does what their business does. Yes, man, that's so good. That's so good. Um, so I, I kind of want to tackle that and and something else at the same time because sure. you you you've you've mentioned it a few times. You mentioned a coach. You mentioned you coaching. You mentioned the importance of it, and and I, and I want us to underscore that. Like it, that's, I mean, not not underscore. I want us to make sure we point out that because there was an element of coaching. There's you got to a certain level in the business, for the main business, and then you got a coach, and you said the coach helped you to uncover and and yeah. and tap into some things. So could you, you know, because we believe there's three Ds. There's discovery, right? You discovered your gift that's helping people to to get into freedom, to spend the time with their loved ones, and then there's this the next D, which is De development and then the yeah. last thing is distribute but development is that you had to develop yourself like it didn't just happen all the things that you did you i know there's plenty of books you read plenty of seminars plenty of mentorship and obviously plenty of coaching so could you talk about the importance of the development phase once you have this gift this talent this ability and 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 you want to take things to the next level the importance of coaching yeah yeah, definitely. So one of my rules for myself is, and I'm a, I'm a high ticket coach. Okay, I sell my my coaching package starts at thirty seven thousand five hundred for six months. Really? One of my rules is that I have to pay more for my coaching than what my clients pay me. Wow, I respect that. Okay, 
because if I'm if I'm not being mentored and coached and filled and 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 taught, you can't you can't pour water out of an empty glass. And so that's one of my rules is that I have to pay more for my personal development than my clients have to pay me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it could get upside down pretty quickly. And I don't I don't want to be an upside down coach. I want to be I want to be full. I want to be able to expand and develop myself so that I can pass that on and, and help other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a personal role that I have. And it gets uh, it gets kind of taxing after a little bit because you're you have to find that next level coach that can take you to the next level. And so my my thought process is every person, every leader should be a coach and should be coached, mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. be a mentor and should have a mentee right. um, because we're not here just for our own benefit. We're here to serve other people. And, and, you know, that's, that to me is really important. So development, uh, listen, I spend a lot of money on personally developing myself mm-hmm. and probably should spend more, wow. but I spend a lot of money. Um, every, every time there's a, an opportunity for me to go listen to somebody that is higher than I am, I go, I pay the price, I sit up front, um, you know, and that's how we met. We met at FTX. Full yeah. throttle experience by Dr. Della Toro, and and yeah, he's one of my mentors, and and he's, um, yeah, and so I always sit up front, I always pay the price, I always get the highest ticket because I want to be in the room with higher achievers than me. I, if you're the highest achiever in the room, you're in the wrong room. Okay, so I want you to be the low guy in a room full of high achievers, and I want you to soak up what they have and learn from it so development is huge and i love the fact that you're highlighting it on your show um you know and i at ftx i did another podcast um there you probably did one as well with with i forget who it was with uh terrence terrence and brenda uh they did a podcast being the best you and so they said dave you you're at a conference every week speaking you're you're like this is like why are you here and said, plus it was expensive. And my answer was, it's more expensive not to come to conferences. It's more expensive not to have a coach. It's more, I just told my client this today. I said, you know what coaches really are? We're shortcuts. Mm-hmm. We're shortcuts. Yes. And if I can be a shortcut to any of your audience and, and shortcut a learning process and help them get there quicker, why wouldn't you? There you go. Man. Why wouldn't you? Damn. You're just dropping so many gems, man. I'm just <laughs> like, like I have to. Oh my god, this this is really like drinking out of a a, a fire hose of, of value. Um, wow, Dave, thank you for sharing that. I, I I'm gonna listen to this episode back a few times. So when you think about this development process now, I mean, you you've essentially in your book you talk about like systems and, and other books and i'm sure you saw the same things you saw patterns in farming with systems <clears throat> because there's a challenge when somebody's gifted right when you're yeah. really good at what you do how, they're like well i know nobody else can do my gift at the same level i'm sure you felt that way sometimes like i'm sure there's nobody that can 
sell like me as you're building like companies and things like that. So certain people, or, or whether it's do accounting like me or do do the lawn like me, whatever whatever thing. I know people can't do it to my standard. How do you take that developed gift when other people may not have the gifting on your level and create and help to create the business in excellence and, and with the systems and processes to make it work? Well, first of all, I tell myself that that's a lie. Mm. That's a lie right now. There are people in your network and in my network that are much better at something that I do every day that if I would if I would open myself up and quit thinking that I'm that good. Mm. Okay? I might be really good at selling. But I promise you, something I learned from my friend, our mutual friend Todd Saylor, he says there is always a BFSer. It sounds like a cuss word, but it means better, faster, stronger. There is always a BFSer. And my job as a leader is to find those people and bring them onto my team. Because if I have a team of BFSers, the game's over. We already won. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing to overcoming that mentality is to tell yourself that that's a lie, that I'm really not that good. I might be good at a, at a few things, you know, and I happen to be really good at sales. I happen to be really good at speaking and teaching. And so that's my lane. But, you know, I don't even know the password to my QuickBooks account. I don't. But I get a report every week. Yeah. And I look over it. You know, I'm not that good at at uh, investing money, but I've got a, I got a, a, a guy that is. Okay. And so knowing, first of all, telling yourself it's a lie. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Second of all, finding people that are really good at it mm. and bringing them onto your team. Um, that to me is, and, and it was a struggle for me because I, I had to like, and I learned this during the, um, during the got a made years. Mm. Okay. So, you know, it, this was a typical day. I'd be in the middle of going into a condo association trying to get the whole whole deal on cleaning, and I'd get a text or a phone call saying, hey, my vacuum broke. Can you bring me a new one? And I would, before I learned this process, I would stop what I'm doing and go get a vacuum and take it because production has to keep going. But my mentor one day, he told me, he says, Dave, you're worth no less than 400 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, if that's the case, then I can't go give somebody a vacuum. Okay. And so it literally happened as I was walking into a condo out on Siesta Key. I get a phone call saying something broke. Can you bring me a new one? And I said, well, did you follow protocol last night and inspect it for this morning? No. Did you check it this morning before you left? No. Then you go back on your dime and and fix your own problem because I have something that I'm really good at selling and I'm about to walk into a meeting and you know what I walked out with? I walked out with what I call a really good day. Okay. A true story. I'm telling you right now. I walked out with a $500,000 contract. What? Yeah. And so 
when you try to be good at everything, you're going to be insignificant to a lot of people. Mm, can you say that again, brother? Can you say that again. That's good. When you try to be everything to everybody, you're going to be insignificant to a lot of people. Jeez. And so that's when I started understanding my worth and staying in my lane. See, I'm not that good at stopping what I'm good at and go do something that's I can pay somebody 16 bucks an hour. Mm, okay. Yeah. And so uh, it really it really helped me to understand the power of delegating, delegating things that you wouldn't be willing to pay what you're worth. Yeah. And if, if business owners and, and that four hundred dollars an hour um, was taken from a study back in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. So that number today is probably more like a thousand bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. And the way they came up with that number is if, if I had to do everything that my business requires of it, I would have to pay myself a thousand dollars an hour to make it worth like your lawyer, your, your accounting, your banking, and all of the stuff that makes a business work. It's probably more than more than a thousand right now, okay? And so, a lot of the times I ask my clients a question like, "Hey, would you pay me a thousand dollars to do what you're doing?" No. Then why are you doing it? Mm. Okay. You don't want me as a coach. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll get I'll get up underneath that skin and drive it. you nuts. I love it. This is great. <laughs> like this is a, a podcast coaching session. This is yeah. This is this is great. <laughs> uh, so 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 with that, Dave. Like I want us to at least spend a few moments on about disc, right? Because yeah. this is I believe the you know the connection to the the, th the three D's in the process, right? We we talked about discovery. You know that gift that you have. We talked about development, coaching, developing yourself, putting all these stuff. But we also, you know, can't do any of these things in business without marketing or selling. And right. that's that's the final piece, which I believe is called distribution. And I believe that um, <clears throat> DISC is a powerful, powerful tool to help a person market and sell their business effectively. Market and sell in their business effectively. Could you could you speak about that? Because you're a master DISC trainer. Yes. Yeah. So specifically about marketing and selling with disc. Um, yeah. So first of all, I want I want to understand. Want everybody to understand. Nothing happens until marketing is done. Marketing is so important. And you might say, well, we don't spend a lot of money and time on marketing. Well, that's good if you have a lot of sales. Okay. So marketing is the beginning of everything in your business. And so people say, well, we don't spend money on marketing. Well, maybe word of mouth. Word of mouth is one of the most effective forms of marketing that you can ever have. And because you're using your mouth to make a living, you're using other people are, are bragging about you. So marketing is, is key. And then sales. Uh, sales is really important. So let me kind of lay the groundwork on, and I want people to understand the difference between marketing and sales. A lot of times you'll hear business owners or salespeople say, well, I'm in marketing and sales. And I'm like, well, which one? Because it's a total different strategy on both. So I take you back to the farm where I learned these principles. Marketing is when you go fishing. And let's say you want to catch a, a you want to you want to go fishing for largemouth bass. You don't put a saltwater lure 
on the on the hook to catch a large water largemouth bass. And so you also look at the environment. Is it is the water muddy? So that would dictate what kind of marketing you do. So marketing is the idea of casting out there, reeling in, jiggling the bait, and hoping you're attracting something. That's marketing. Right. Sales is once that bass hits the lure, you're not marketing anymore. You're not fishing anymore. Your whole strategy changes. You're not trying to attract another fish. You're trying to convert that fish from the water into the boat. And so marketing and sales are two totally different strategies. And a lot of people think they go together and they think the same brain that's good at marketing is going to be good at sales. And that's not the case. Okay. So marketing is more strategy, um, you know, and attracting sales is more conversion, converting those um, those fish that are attracted into the boat. Okay. So now you're starting to see why disc is so important to marketing and sales is because that strategy is different. So in marketing, what works for one person may not work for the other. Okay. Um, sometimes like a big, bold, harsh message works really well for people that have a personality with a big, bold personality. Like Donald Trump would be a good example of what we call the high D type personality. And a very bold, harsh marketing message like, are you crazy? Why aren't you here yet? Okay, Mm -hmm. that might work good for a high D. But for a high S who is very supportive, steady, stable, sweet, shy, people like Mother Teresa who does not like confrontation, that marketing message will not work. So you better know what kind of fish you're going after when you market. Okay. So what I can do for companies is help create a marketing message for each individual personality style and then you target that kind of fish. So, you know, if you're selling, um, I'm just going to make this up. If you're selling baby strollers, mm-hmm. you don't want a harsh marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. You want a, a soft, you know, you want, you want them to make weird sounds when they hear or see this marketing. You want them to, you want them to sound like this. Hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, all right. So marketing and disc is so important because it allows you to customize that marketing message to the different personality styles. In sales, it's the same thing, but but your tactics are different. You're converting instead of attracting. And so we, we teach salespeople how to sell based on personality style. For instance, if I'm selling to a high C, and, 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 and let, me just, let me just make sure that the audience knows what DISC is. Yes. D-I-S-C, DISC. There's four types of personalities. There's the D type, the I, the S, and the C type. Every human being has a unique blend of those four types. So you're not just a D, you're not just an I, an S, or a C. You're a unique blend of all four. But... Every human being has a predominant one, okay? I happen to have two of them that are equal. My D is just a tad higher than my I. So I'm a dominant, inspiring type of a person, okay? Mm -hmm. 
So I love to make big things happen. I, I don't do really well with details. Um, I like to see the big picture, and then if I need help, I'll hire some detailed people to put the details in. Yeah. So that's me. But, you know, you might be a high S, a very supportive, steady, stable, sweet, shy, loves to, you know, there's a word that high S's find really hard to say. It's, it's two letters. Uh, it's so easy for a D to say. Um, and, and, you know, but for an S... The word no is very difficult to say. Mm. Okay? So, but for a D, no is like, no, get out of my way. I got stuff to do, you know? It comes naturally. And so, if I was selling to a high C type, which is very cautious, calculating, competent, critical thinking, careful, cognitive, uh, sometimes cold. And the reason I say cold is because. They're really not concerned about your feelings around the matter. They just want the facts. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, accountants, architects. They are designed to see negative before they see positive. They see what won't work when the D's and I's see, oh, yeah, that'll work. Of course it will. Why wouldn't it? If it doesn't, we'll paint it a different color or throw more money behind it. That's me. Yeah, right? All right. So if I'm selling to a high C, a very cautious, calculating, competent, critical thinking person, if I'm selling this pen, this Sharpie, I would say this is a great Sharpie, but we've noticed that in the in three months, the 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 cap wears out and and then the 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 liquid starts drying up so i want you to be aware of that first that's how i would sell this sharpie and you might think nobody's gonna buy that thing if you don't believe that this is a good one no i'm selling to a c they already researched it they already know that the cap wears out and the ink dries up within three months right okay and so if I come in as a high I DI salesperson like I am, and I say, oh, man, this is the best thing. It will last forever. The cap will never wear out. What is one word they're saying right now about me? Fraud. Yeah. Can't yeah. trust me. He's a fraud mm-hmm. because they know, okay, they've yeah. researched it. And so I always sell negative first to a high C. Mm-hmm. Now, to a high I... This is how I would sell this pen. Man, I tell you what, this I love this pen. I use it all the time. I love the color of it. Um, can you imagine how you would look writing a big check with this pen? Uh, yeah. This pen, yeah, it's not going to last forever, but what does? Right. <laughs> I just yeah. I just sold the same product to two different people. That's good. Okay, by changing the way I approach it, and I never compromised integrity. Okay, that's yeah. huge for me because yeah. a person that knows disc, I'm going to speak pros and cons about disc. Um, I am one of 10 in the world master trainers with disc. And yeah, you, you, you might think I drank the Kool-Aid and it's all great. Yeah, disc is probably one of the best tools in my toolbox. But disc, a person that understands disc can, can very easily become manipulative towards other people. And if I ever hear any of my students becoming manipulative, 
They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna see a side of me they wish they'd have never saw before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because that's not what we're here to do. We're not here to take advantage of people. We're here to serve people and to and to give them what they want. And so there is there are some pros and cons to disc. There right. are because it it awareness. If you're aware of things that other people aren't aware of, you can you can become manipulative without them knowing it. Wow. Okay. So that's that's one of the one of the cons of of disc is people that understand disc are more aware of how people think how they process it and it, it's to the point now to where i can say if i say this they're going to say that mm. okay yeah and so it we have to be really careful about it i'm just yeah. trying to give a balance a balance here you know it's 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 great i'm glad you shared that um because you said uh, when we where we were at uh, Del Toro, Dr. Toro's event uh, FTS, we, we were having a lunch. And you said something that I, I'll never forget. You said, you said I, I might I, I might be paraphrasing here, but love people and use tools, or love people and use systems. Don't don't use people and love systems. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I think it's yeah. the same it applies for disc. It's love the people, use the tool. Don't that's don't, it exactly you know, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because if you love the tool and hate the people, you're going to manipulate people. Yeah. Okay. So that's um, that's kind of my life life goal, because quite honestly, there were some trainers within disc that used the tool against the people. And so when I when I figured this out, I said, you know what, I'm going to show people how to how to teach disc. And so um, I've, I've had a lot of people in my classes say they never heard disc taught the way I teach it. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that very thing, because I love you too much to not show you how to properly use the tool. And so, um, yeah, in, in October, I actually am teaching a two-day class on, on how to, you'll become certified in disc. And, Where and, I, and when? It's going to be in Sarasota. You get to spend two days here in Sarasota with me. Um, the exact dates are October 17th and 18th. 17th and 18th. Okay. And uh, if and- you go to my website, uh, DaveKaufmanSpeaks.com, mm-hmm. click the events, you'll see it up there. It's called the DISC Level 1 Certification. Beautiful. I'm gonna. We're going to plug that in the show notes, October 17th and 18th at uh, Carlisle in sarasota florida eight to five um you can get all the details purchase your tickets dave i gotta check my calendar i may be there okay all right you know i i think it's important what you shared and uh, i think it's valuable so uh, I, I do want to respect your time so uh, uh is there any other any other um resources um books like i like i said y'all go get freedom to succeed there's other books um i, I i'm gonna get as well um, that I, I recommend you get Dave's books, uh, learn about Dave. Obviously, if you got a chance to hear this interview, then you got to hear uh, the reason why Dave has paid the big bucks. He's brilliant. Um, so, Dave, if you want to plug in any resources and um, links so we can plug in the show notes. Sure, yeah. So I, um, I wrote four books total. So Freedom to Succeed was my first book. And that book kind of earned me the title of Mr. Systems. 
And after about five years of people using my systems, I started getting calls and saying, hey, you know what? It's just not quite working like it was. And it kind of made me start thinking, and we're getting back to what we just talked about. Um, and I discovered that that they stopped loving their people and they started placing everything on systems, 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 systems. And then I remembered what um, what Michael E. Gerber with the E-Myth uh, wrote. He says, systems run the business, but people run the systems. And so I had to write a book to offset the systems. Not that I don't think systems are important. Systems are vital. You have to have systems in your business. But if you depend on just having systems and forget about people and treat people like a tool, your systems will fail because your people are failing to run the system properly. And so I had to write a book, and that book became Amazon's bestseller, and it was called People-Centered Leadership. So that book is also on my website, and I'd love it if you guys would pick that up and uh, off of Amazon and uh, leave a review. I, I don't think that book is getting near as much attention as what it should be, probably because I'm not marketing it. I don't want to be, uh, I shouldn't say that. I'm, my focus is not on authoring books, mm -hmm. okay? That's, I was going to say I don't want to be known as an author, but that's not my focus. My focus is a speaking and coaching. Yeah. Um, but that book is brilliant. It teaches you how to lead people in using the systems that I have in Freedom to Succeed. And then my third book was, uh, it's a little book, it's called Dave Kaufman's Little Book to Becoming a Great Leader. And uh, so that's a great read to read on an airplane, on a flight, and hand it off after you've read it. Um, and then my fourth book is called Seeds, I talked about that earlier, 31 Entrepreneurial Lessons I Learned from the Farm. And it's more of a story form rather than the my typical writing form. Um, but that's a great book. Um, I have two other books still in my head. Yeah. One of them is going to be called um, God is an Entrepreneur. Ooh. Yeah. Wait yeah. So I'm going to be talking about kingdom principles in business. And it's something that I've been really studying, really starting to talk about incorporate in my coaching as well um uh, so yeah that's uh and then my my other book in my head is going to be about disc uh whole book about disc amazing amazing yeah. wow brother you, you, you do some tremendous things and you get the time to fly your plane around the around the nation around the world like wow you, 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 <laughs> well the the plane is there to it's a tool to help me do what i'm doing and i happen to love flying i've i got my license on my 21st birthday yeah um, and so i'm 46 now in august i'll be 47 so i've been flying a long time it's i love it um i never wanted it to be my career because i didn't want to not love it okay um so this scratches you know two itches for me it allows me to fly and it allows me to get there a lot quicker and more efficiently and yeah. it was a really good investment by the way oh i love it i love it yeah man. um so so one question we ask all our guests uh you weren't prepped on this question but you kind of touched on it actually but what they what's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose one's gift and one's purpose that is a that's a question a good one 
Uh, a gift is something you're good at. Okay, that's something that you've been given. Your purpose is is why why do you have that gift, and are you using it for the right purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I could be really good at something, but not using it for my purpose. So, when you combine those two, your gifting and purpose, um, you're going to find that you are in your calling. Okay, so your purpose and your gift creates your calling, in my opinion. And I, I, I haven't been prepped on that. So yeah. your purpose and your gifting creates your calling or mm. equals your calling, I would say. I'm literally writing that formula right now with the equal sign. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. So I'd, I'd have to put a little bit more thought into that and, yeah. and make sure that that's correct. But, you know. When I when I realize that I can use my gifting of gab, of talking, using my mouth to make a living, and combine it with my purpose to help people find freedom in their business so they can spend more time with their family and friends, that calling that I felt at 13 years old was no longer out there. It was around me. Mm. Okay? So it's why do you use your gift? Yeah. Because I, I could be really good at using my mouth to make a living and it not be in my purpose. Right, right. So true. So true. Yeah. You could be like a, somebody could be like a, a really uh, a horrible like comedian that's vul- super vulgar, super like, you know, that's that's a incorrect or, or, or have music that's damning and. And, yeah. and, and derogatory and it's the same thing you're using your mouth but you use it in a in another right. way so we can yeah. all as easily as we can use it for uh the the positive we can also use it in an in inverse of that's what right to be. yeah that's right that's yeah. right and so with all of my clients uh, one of the first thing we do on the coaching side is we help them establish their mvp mm-hmm. mission vision and purpose mm-hmm. your mission is what you do every day okay your vision is where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be when you grow up as a business? And I always tell my clients, your vision should be three feet from crazy. Mm. Okay, so if your vision is realistic, why not yeah. make it a goal? Good. Okay, so I want your vision to be just on the other side of crazy where people will say, oh, wow, <laughs> wow, okay, wow, yeah. that that's I don't, I don't, I don't, I want them to not know what to say. <laughs> That's when you know you've got it. That's when, you, yeah. But when they say, yeah, whatever, uh huh, then it's not, it's not crazy enough or yeah. it might be too crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when Peter saw the basket of animals coming down in the scripture, that was not a realistic basket of animals coming down. It was an imaginative story in his mind that created a, um, a outcome. So your vision is a unrealistic picture that creates realistic action. Mm, you got to say that again, brother. That's, that's so your vision is a unrealistic picture that creates realistic action. In other words, it should get you up in the morning and say, I got to do this. Okay. Mm. So, you know, for the, for the vision of our maid service, it was to clean every house on every street in Sarasota. 
Mm. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's some houses that I didn't want to be a part of. Okay. But yet that was my vision. And that's why we had such growth because we were able to portray that vision by using the gift that I have to um, inspire and say, you know what? Our mission is to have the most amazing cleaning experience ever, or it's free. And our vision is to clean every single house on every single street in Sarasota. And our purpose is to help families spend more time together in a clean environment. That was my marketing message that just created this whole thing. And you can see freedom was a huge thing even for me back then. Amazing. That's the, that's the word that it, it seems to be across your life. Yeah. 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 Because I promise you, if you're, if you're a business owner and listening to this, I promise you one thing. You did not start your business so that you can be a slave to it. You started your business so that it can give you the freedom to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And I help right. people do that. Amazing. Wow, Dave. You blessed beyond over and above, man. This is this is tremendous, brother. Thank you. This is like honestly uh, uh just top top tier of all the interviews we've had, man. Like this is really really good. I, I can't wait for people to to hear this. Um, well, I, I know you've had Myron Golden, and there's yeah. no way I can top Myron Golden. He's <laughs> that <guy's> amazing. <laughs> oh man, I admire him so much. Yeah, we both do. Dell, Myron, all all these now, Dave, all these greats on the show, man. I'm 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 truly excited about that, man. And so, any any final words? Anything I didn't ask you? Anything that you think? people should know we're gonna plug all the all the good stuff for them to connect with you but anything else that you think i um that i didn't ask that maybe you want to share with people well i close out every podcast or interview with a quote and i'm gonna do the same thing i don't i don't break from tradition too often but it's a quote that i came up with and if you know me you know that i love quotes and i'm i'm kind of formulating a little another small book uh, about quotes that I've, I have about 200 original quotes that I made, but this one I believe is very fitting. Suppose all it takes for you to create something extraordinary is for you to believe that you were extraordinarily created for that very purpose. Mm. Yeah, you you got to run that back. That's good. Yeah, yeah, because it ties in with the purpose talk that we just had. Yeah. So suppose all it takes for you to create something extraordinary is for you to believe that you were extraordinarily created for that very purpose. And so here's the premise of that quote. I don't get scared of, of a lot of things. I'm not, I'm not a fearful man. I, I you know, will walk up to an alligator and grab it if I have a chance. I've done it. Okay, so I'm not scared of things, but there's one thing, David, that really scares me. Hmm. And that's that's when I die, will there still be something on my table that I never picked up? Hmm. I believe that when you were born, when you were conceived, God put everything you need on a table, a proverbial table. And he wants you to pick up everything that he's given you and use it for his glory. And when I die, I want to be able to leave 
my body or leave my table and look back and say, there is nothing on that table. I used every single thing that God gave me, every ability, every gifting, every talent, every heartache, every hurt. I used it and it's no longer on the table and I can die empty. I don't want to die with something left in me. That scares me to, to be able to think that I might not be using every tool that I have that God has given me, every opportunity that God has given me, every hurt that came my way through life it can be used to build something extraordinary. And so that's the premise of that whole talk that suppose all it takes for you to become uh, to, to create something extraordinary is for you to believe that you were extraordinarily created for that very purpose. And everything that you have on your table is so that you can build that extraordinary thing. Mm. Wow, brother. I got to chew on that. That's huge. Yeah. That's yeah. Huge. Thank you for that. I've never visualized a table. Like, that's, wow. Yeah. That's a great, great way to look at it. That, that's probably the biggest thing that scares me, and that's what keeps me going, is to, to think, because what are we really saying if we leave a tool on the table? What are we really telling God if we never pick up that tool or that talent or that yeah. opportunity? We're, we're basically saying, you don't know me, God. Yeah, yeah. And, and that scares me. Awesome. That's a great thing to be scared of. I mean, that's that's yeah. motivating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's what keeps me going because I, 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 I want to live life to the fullest. Um, yeah. I don't I don't eat leftovers because I've already had them. I want mm-hmm. something new. Okay. So it's kind of a curse in some ways, but it's <laughs> it's also like I, I want to experience everything in life that God has for me. And wow. so I, I don't want to die empty. I mean, I don't I don't want to die full. I want to die empty. That's right. That's right. Live, yeah. live, live, live life on E, empty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's more fun that way. There you go. <laughs> wow, brother. This is incredible. Um, thank you. Thank you for, for blessing us on the show. We're going to uh, make sure that we plug all the notes so everybody can you know tune into this remarkable man, remarkable businessman, remarkable leader, uh, and learn from his wisdom get connected buy all his books get all this stuff uh thank you dave for blessing us today well thank you so much david for having me it's always a pleasure you're easy to talk to man i, I appreciate you a lot uh, appreciate you too man. yeah uh, uh, i searched all over the world struggling to find it dear listener i would like to thank you so much for listening to how i discover my gift with yours truly david d simons As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it, and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, 
Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S dot com and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.